Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of El Podcast de Los Sideliners. I'm your host, Brad Siegel, joined on this Thursday evening by my co-host and amigo, fantastico, Mr. Benjamin Solis. How are we doing today? I'll just put a smile on my face because I never, I never know how you're going to introduce us. So that was, that <laughs> Dude, was... I never know either. I was thinking the other day, I was like, I've, I haven't changed it up in a sec, so I had to do right. it. That that I that she genuinely put a smile on my face. Oh, um, I'm doing pretty good, I would say. You know, it's it, it's like ironic when testing season comes around. I feel like it's the easiest part of the year. See, it, it, I it, agree. It's, with it's that. very boring, but it is very easy. So, like, I totally I hear that. And then today, I got I got some like some shit laid on me, bro. <laughs> I found out we're having like an actual physics final. It's like the only final I'm taking, and it's like the last day. And I have a sixteen hundred word essay due, like another one. TOK, stupid TOK. Not stupid if you're listening to this, Mr. Rogers. Um due on Friday next Friday. So and I have quite the story from today. Actually, before I get into that, that song was Raid by Mad Villainy. Fantastic album, one of my favorites ever. Go check it out. Um, my story from today. I don't you like you came in right for the end of me telling the story at lunch. But I go, I'm going to take, we're taking a standardized U.S. history test today. And I go and everybody's getting passed out like their testing ticket to, you know, like have their ID, their credentials and stuff. And Mm -hmm. I get my little sister who is a freshman. Like I get her test ticket and she's not even taking this test. And I'm like, hey, I got my sister's ticket. And my proctor's like, oh, I'll go get you another one. And it goes, gets me my ticket. My name is spelled wrong, but I'm like, oh, it's just a typo. Not a big (laughs) deal. I start taking the test. And, like, 10 questions in, he's like, Brad, you need to pause your test and go downstairs and, like, fix this. I'm like, okay. So I do. And I go down, and I'm like, hey. And they're like, what's the problem? And I'm like, I don't know. They told me to come down here. Like, my name is spelled wrong. And they're like, oh, okay, bet. Like, sure, we'll fix it. And then they couldn't find me in the system. And then they reprinted a ticket, and then it still had the misspelling on it. So then they reprinted another one, and it had the exact same ID. So it didn't change anything. So then they printed another one, and then I got to go back up. Jesus. Yeah, it. It, you know, you would think that for standardized tests, at least, um, they would have these things right. But, you know, I – hey, man. And I also hey. heard some crazy stories, just people not even being in the system. They, they, they apparently just never existed. They didn't go to our high school. Um, so, right. Know. They're just, they're, it's NPCs, bro. It's weeding them NPC, out. And, and, but, but it's not even people – like, people that we know, obviously, that are definitely not NPCs. <laughs> and it's just like – really like i don't even know it's you know the standardized test of academic readiness um you know especially the state of texas assessment of academic readiness yes whatever whatever (laughs) nobody nobody likes to start test um is that the last one we ever have to take it is the last one we ever have to take yes um you know, obviously the first question, what was significant about the year 2008? Um, shout out Barack. Shout out um, my boy Barack. Shout out that boy Barack. Um, that boy. Yes. With all that being said, today's been a pretty cool uh, Thursday. My mom had a retirement banquet, so shout out moms. Shout out um, moms. Uh, you know, love, love her to death. Shout out Mama Solis. Yes. Um, so, you know, everything's been pretty good, honestly. That's good. Yeah, it's a good day. I... um. Yeah, I have to say I was a little bored at school today. 
Got a, I wasn't as productive as I probably should have been. No, that was I. <laughs> but anyway, no, no basketball tonight either. So, right. kind of chill stuff. But I did get my pre-cal homework done. Mm. Talking a lot about school today. Anyway, um, let's talk basketball. Conference semifinals. Mm-hmm. We'll go Bucks Celtics first. I'm not gonna lie. I haven't watched a single game of the second round yet. Not a single one. I did. I did watch uh, this game, and I mean, I. I mean, you know, Boston responded in a huge, huge way, um, winning by I think it was like twenty. It was upwards of twenty. Um, yeah. I mean, like, I think Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum combined for fifty nine. Is what I think the number was. Um, yeah, I just you know, winning in the Garden is hard, um, and obviously Milwaukee took care of business. Um, pretty handily in game one, but we knew Boston was gonna at least try to defend home court, which they which they did. Um but obviously those series goes back to Milwaukee. Um and I mean both teams are just they're at a hundred and honestly like I said, this series is gonna go either way it feels like. The Celtics um, I have to say the Celtics are at least thus far in the playoffs. Much right. watch, must watch basketball. Mm-hmm. Like I and I totally forgot that Al Horford like played for the Celtics like <laughs> and like even though they swept the Nets like that was a super entertaining series that's probably the most entertaining sweep ever right like um yes <laughs> but anyway I I still like the Bucks to close it out eventually maybe in like six or so mm-hmm. um the uh next series um Warriors Grizzlies also tied at one apiece. Um, but this series have had some serious headlines. Um, serious headlines, right? Obviously, Draymond getting injected, and then uh, game two, uh, Dylan Brooks with the just like egregious flagrant foul on uh, Gary Payton uh, the second, and he's uh, hurt now. Right, he actually fractured his wrist because of the foul out three to five weeks. Um, so you know, missing a chunk of probably if the Warriors make it to the finals, will miss. Probably the finals as well. Um, well they're making it yeah, to the finals, so. Dylan Brooks. I I don't know. I mean, I've always known him as an aggressive defender. You know, watching him play the Spurs, he's always been the spur killer. I don't like least. him. Ugh. Um, but yeah, just there's no there's not really need for that. And honestly, John Moran's getting a lot of criticism for his you know for his celebrations and stuff. Um, they can make they make him do whatever he wants. He dropped fifty. Yeah, do whatever he wants. Dropped, he literally dropped fifty to to will his team to win a uh, game two. Um, you know, Gary Payton the second, that's a huge loss because it is one of their better defenders, but I still like the Warriors, sir, but this, this series is definitely, it, it feels like bad blood is boiling now. Yeah. Um, I'm I, another really entertaining one, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I agree. I like the Warriors still, um, moving on. I, I don't understand. I don't know if you've noticed this. I just figured this out. Um, the scheduling. So last, like the Milwaukee, Boston and Golden State Memphis games were both Tuesday. Last night, we had Sixers, Heat, and Mavs, Suns. And now we, there's no games tonight, and we transition to Friday. Miami, Philly, Phoenix, Dallas again. So, like, the Bucks, Celtics, and Warriors, Memphis series don't play from Tuesday to Saturday, whereas the other two series play Wednesday, Friday. And that makes no sense to me. Right. And and I noticed that, too, actually. Like, some, like, like from between game one to game two, it was, like, three days of rest. And someone only got two days of rest, and I was like, "But no, this really is this is two days of rest versus four days of rest." Right. Um. It's like I don't know what they're trying to do here. I'm, I'm 
yeah. we really, really don't know. Um, obviously, we're not in charge of scheduling, but like, you know, it's it is weird. I don't. I I mean, at this point, there's basketball on. I'm gonna watch it, depending on you know whoever exactly. whoever's playing. Um, so breaking down the other two series, which haven't been nearly as exciting, um, but unsurprisingly so. Um, Philly, Miami, Heater up two zero. Without Joel Embiid, the Heat are by far the better team. I think that's all that needs to be said. Right. Um, and Joel is going to be out game three tomorrow, um, which obviously, I mean, that Sixers team, it just runs through Embiid. Um, and, you know, uh, it, it sucks for Philly because you know that they're probably going to be back here next year and they might run into the same thing again. I, I've just been seeing tweets of this guy who went to the first two Miami games at home and he and he like he's he's sitting courtside and he takes a picture of the of the seventy sixers huddle and he's like Doc Rivers out here cooking up nothing. Oh, oh I saw that, that on game one and then and then game two he posted like he's still cooking up nothing. Um, that was funny. Yeah, we know about Doc Rivers' postseason woes. Um, Has he won a title before? Yes, he won it with Boston. Um, Boston as a head coach. Yeah, as a head coach. Yeah. It was the it was the KG Paul Pierce. Oh, like two thousand eight. Yeah, two thousand eight. I guess I didn't know he was that coach of that team. Yeah. Um, huh. but I mean, and obviously he addressed those situations in a very angered manner. But um, you know, yeah, yeah Miami's just a better team at this point. They are. Um, and then I'm gonna say the same thing about Dallas. I mean, they might take a game or two. I wouldn't right. be surprised. But Chris Paul is on a mission right now. I mean, wow. Yeah, point God. Um, point God. Although I did just see a thing that Luka Doncic is the second all-time um, uh, points per game leader in the playoffs. Behind, he's at thirty-three point four, and Jordan is at like thirty-three point five. Oh damn! Um, so you know, playoff playoff Luka knows how to put up the numbers, but obviously, just Mavs don't, and just probably one more piece away from truly being that team that Luka doesn't have to just literally carry up a mountain. Um, to be Luca deserves better. He needs right. he needs a, a number two guy. Right. He does. I mean, and like, you know, Jalen Brunson is is a good nah. complimentary piece. Um, but he's you know, not a number two guy. Two, maybe not the number two guy. Um, this this is one of my like like I think one of the biggest criteria of a championship team is you have to have a guy that's good enough to be the second best player on a championship team. Right. You know, like think about all the last teams that have won. Chris Middleton, like. The Lakers who won. I, I'm drawing a blank because I can't keep up with Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. <laughs> um, like all those teams. You, like, right. you know what I'm saying. Like, you know, and with Toronto, Toronto was, it was Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry, exactly. Right. Um, and obviously those those great Cavaliers and Warriors teams, you have, you know, Steph Curry as the second best player on. on right. Or Warriors even the Curry, Clay Thompson, or the LeBron, Kyrie, like any of that. The mm-hmm. Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, the Right, you need that star. Uh, you need those star players to win you those championships. Unless if you're the 2004 Pistons, where you're just or, an anomaly, or in. the 2011 Mavs, we'll give them that. Right, right. You know, and Nowitzki obviously. You know, no, I actually, I'm turning it back. The 2004 Pistons might not have had one star player, but Chauncey Billups, Ben Wallace, that's a little duo right there. Right, it, it's a nice little duo, but obviously yeah. it doesn't really compare to you know the great teams of the LeBron and Kyrie. Right. Um. So, you know, all that being said, uh, Phoenix is probably going to, you know, clean up house on this one. Yeah, that um, was good, though. That was good. Yes. Yes. Um, let's talk NIL. Um, 
I made a TikTok about it last night. Kind of on a hot streak on a TikTok. Mm-hmm. Not gonna lie. You might have, I'm going to make you keep that up later tonight. Yes. Um, yes. But, yeah. Uh, mentioned Jordan Addison. I don't remember if we talked about this, but I don't think we did. Um, Pitt wide receiver. I actually saw him play uh, in November. He had this insane, like, catch ripped it out of the DB's hands and scored. Um, <laughs> has entered the transfer portal and been offered a ton of money to go to a variety of schools. It sounds like a USC deal has been in the works for a long time. Um, and I saw a rumor. I don't know if this is true. I don't know how reliable this source is. But Red McCombs, super old guy, long time, uh, University of Texas donor, was once an owner of the Minnesota Vikings, um, has apparently offered Jordan Addison $5 million cold hard cash to come play at UT, which is, like, cool, I guess. And people apparently – Xavier Worthy, a Longhorns, a Longhorns receiver, received a seven-figure deal, like a bribe kind of – not a bribe, but like a deal that he said, no, Stan. Um, but it's wild. I mean, it's so wild. And, like – sorry, I'm talking a lot here, but the – like, my take on the NIL, like, I am in favor of it. I think athletes, college athletes, should be able to make money off of their likeness. They should be able to be compensated, benefit. Really, it stems from – me wanting to play NCAA on the Xbox. <laughs> but I don't know about this whole poaching thing. Like, it becomes right. free agency. And at that point, it's a little – like, something needs to be done. And there is something in the works that came out today, like the Pac-12 commissioner and the Big Ten commissioner meeting with some high-ups in college football. But I don't know what you can do, but, like, poaching poaching is probably generally not good for the sport. So. Right. I think like, you know, I think you need to like there might have to be a money cap out like, yeah. you know, like you can only reach a certain amount, um, which you can pay a player um, for a deal, um, even though it is still essentially poaching and bribing sort of, you need to, you need to just at least make it a cutoff where like, you know, because obviously some of these smaller schools aren't going to have the money to just throw up players like some of these bigger schools um so you know maybe you maybe you have a cap out maybe that's how you were like regulated or maybe you only get a certain number of deals um you know but it is it is it is i I mean you know obviously i am in favor of it too but it is slightly concerning that you're just you are kind of having free agency in college football and it's like i don't know man um yeah definitely yes weird um and, uh, you know, on the flip side of that, all that being said, our boy Bijan signed an NIL deal with Lamborghini today, and it is sick. And that's sick. Mm-hmm. That's just cool. Like, that stuff is cool. And, like, you know, the linemen getting cool NIL deals and, like, the people getting stuff that, like, goes with their names. Mm-hmm. Like, that's sick. Um, and, and honestly, just, just shout out Xavier Worthy because, you know, I mean, after the great season that he had as a, you know, as a redshirt freshman, like, like he just – I mean, he he basically took over some games for us, and um, yeah, you know, the fact that he wants to stay. Oh, I mean, just the fact that he wants to stay at Texas, you know, with all with probably all the talk that he's heard that Texas, you know, we're not good. He can go anywhere, pretty much in the country, and start and have an opportunity to be an even higher draft pick than will he be in the next couple of years or so. But you know, he chose to stay. So shout out loyalty. Shout out loyalty. Um, shout out to Sark for work, working that black magic. Um, I don't know how he does that after going five and seven. I really don't. Right. Um, you know, all gas, no breaks, pretty much. I don't want to hear that for at least another four months. Three months. 
I'll start. I'm, I'll jump on the hype train, the seven and five, eight and four hype train in late August. But until then, I'm I refuse to drink the Kool Aid. Everybody saw Quinn Ewers throw a seventy-five yard bomb in the spring game. Could not care less. I've seen it before. Yeah. I just I don't know. I don't want to drink the Kool Aid, right. which is another cool NIL deal. Kool Aid McKinstry. That's sick. Um, <laughs> but our last sports headline of the day. This is just kind of a little discussion. Sparked sparked a thought in my head. Um, so, as we know, Malik Willis drafted by the Titans. Um, and we know Ryan Tannehill, pretty solid um, starter uh, for the Titans. I guess we'll say solid as a – we'll give him that. Like, like, um, like you know, like we, we can put the top 15 label on Tannehill. You know? We like, can? Really? I, I think, I think like, you know, around that range. And, you know, maybe the, nah, maybe the mid- lower teams. I'm going, I'm going lower teams. I'm going, like, he's a top 20 quarterback in the NFL. Right. Um, doesn't matter. Serviceable guy. Been there. Doing it a while. Um, he got some sort of reporter question. Are you going to be a mentor to Willis? Like, how are you going to mentor him? And he said, quote, unquote, it is not my job to mentor him. And, like, is it his job? Like, is it? I mean, so here's here's what we have. It's like, you know, uh, I think the most famous one is the Rodgers-Farve kind of relationship where Favre didn't really – you know, mentor Rodgers, you know, I mean, Rodgers had the ability to just see one of the greater quarterbacks to ever play and, you know, take take it all in. But Farm didn't necessarily, you know, want Rodgers to kind of take his job because it is, it is these players' livelihoods and jobs. Um, but at the but, same time, like, right, the number one, you know, qual- quantitative characteristic of your success as a professional ball player is if you win games or not. Mm-hmm. And oh, like all in all, you should want the success of your team. You want to be well-liked by your teammates. You want to be well-liked by your coaches. And I think that all ties in together with the idea of mentoring the, the young guys. Like that just is part of the culture you want to establish in your organization as like a winning team. I feel like that's kind of like that, that to me is a Bill Belichick thing. You draft all these random guys, they get mentored by the best. They become the best, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's also just part of the position of playing quarterback. You know, you're looked at as the leader. Right. Um, like, to me, know. Ryan Tannehill saying that comes off as, like, he's he's scared. Like, he's, that's he's, nice. He is, he is threatened, you know. They, Absolutely. They, they drafted one of the highly touted uh, prospects from this draft at his position. And, you know, obviously, I, I – it, Wilson is going to be a project, um, definitely. I think Tannehill doesn't have anything to worry about in the immediate future, but um, I, I think, I think even inadvertently, you know, Tannehill is going to, you know, show Willis kind of the ropes, um, you know, show him what it means to be an NFL quarterback because Tannehill's been there and done that, obviously. Right. Um. So no, yeah. even if he's not meaning to do it, you know, he Wilson's going to just take it all in, mental rap stuff like that. Maybe he'll set out this year, and hopefully, um, you know, it, it was like it's actually the same thing with Jimmy G. I, don't, I think Jimmy G's kind of said a similar thing. Like, well, it's not my job to you know build up Trey Lance, which actually there was a report that the 49ers have actually been underwhelmed with Trey Lance. Um, Seriously? Yes, with and during reps, my dog is crying right now. Um, oh, no. um he, he must be sad about Trey Lance, or she must be sad about Trey Lance. Right. Um, kind of surprising a little bit, but yeah, I think Jimmy G also kind of felt that, you know, that little threatened thing. So, you know, 
maybe it's not their job, but at the same time, you know, you take a position of leadership. You kind of yeah. the ropes just a little bit, right? Yeah, you definitely do. Like you said, maybe it's unintentionally, but it has to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, something that we never take for granted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anchor. Yeah. I, Anchor. Yeah. Yes. We never take it for granted. Not you know, sometimes it takes me just, just, you know, one or two times to maybe kind of log in through process all the things when you send that message over. But it always gets done. Um, very That's true. It always gets done. Yes, very little technical issues with Anchor. So as always, we appreciate the ability to record on here, and we love Anchor. We love Anchor. All right, mm-hmm. non-sports segment of La Dia. I, estoy hablando en español por todo del segmento. Just kidding. Not the time. We should try. Like it's funny being in Spanish. We do like podcasts and stuff sometimes. Like I have. Like a whole like podcast intro memorized. Like, you, you ready for this? Let's hear it. Hola a todos y bienvenidos a un otro episodio del podcast de los Sideliners. Soy Brad y hoy. Yeah, there you go. Yes. Estamos hablando sobre la tema de. I don't know. But yeah, there's my little Spanish podcast. But our topic actually has nothing to do with that. Um, <laughs> we are going to be talking about Kendrick Lamar and his influence and how excited we are about his new album and how i am writing my ib extended essay on kendrick lamar and i'm excited about it yes um so uh k dot has not released an album in approximately five years kung fu penny it has been five years damn it's 2017 right um you know obviously kendrick kendrick for me has always been, uh, you know, like the goat, the my go-to rapper. Like you know, I I can put on some Kendrick, I can chillax, I can get hype, whatever it is, right? And so he released, he announces his new album, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, Big um, Stepper, which is actually going to be a double album. So you know, he's bringing twice the heat. Um, and you know, with Kendrick, um, you know, Pulitzer winning, uh, artist. Uh, uh, Grammy winning artist um, you know he he's able to just bring to light a lot of issues in a very enjoyable um, and sophisticated way and I am excited for the album I, 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 I there's just no other word to describe it I am excited I think it's gonna be really good I, I cannot wait I feel like I've been saying I can't wait for Kendrick to drop for like two years at least yes um, you know and that Super Bowl performance he just gave us a little bit of taste that he he still got it he he is that guy. Well, so. he better not give us some like Kanye type thing where he doesn't. Right. Do it. No, no, I, I don't expect that. I, mean, no, I, I wouldn't do think, that. But like, I don't think Kendrick has reached that level of crazy yet. Um, that's good. He know. seems pretty sane. Right. Pretty sane person. Pretty woke. Mm-hmm. Kanye probably thinks he's woke too, though. <laughs> Kanye invented being woke and then invented being not woke. <laughs> he, <laughs> he was that person who invented all things. Yes. Um, so let, let, let's kind of hear this, like, you know, basically this thing that will determine uh, part of your diploma is on Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> yeah, so I'll, basically, I'll give a little um, background. So basically, I'm in the IB diploma program, and there's a few things you have to do to complete it. One of them being the IB extended essay, which is a super long paper you have to write over your junior and senior year that I'm like start of starting, sort of. Um, I got my sponsor yesterday. Shout out Mr. V. Um, but I have decided I want to write. Okay. 
So you can sort of write it about whatever you want, but there's some like some criteria and like, you know, my go-to of course is sports, but apparently if you write about sports, it has to be sports science. So I was like, okay, just kidding. Not doing that. Cause like who likes science? Right. Just, um, so my next best guess was music and Kanye is my all time favorite. I feel like writing about Kanye is kind of weird though. So I went in the Kendrick Lamar direction and I figured my favorite Kendrick Lamar album to Pimp a Butterfly. Um, actually, I don't know if that's my favorite. It's, for me, it's a 1A, 1B with Good Kid, Mad City. Um, so to Pimp a Butterfly, though, I feel like is maybe more meaningful, more like easier I to think, write about. I think to Pimp a Butterfly is probably more meaningful uh, yeah. to me, at least as a minority in America. But, but I mean, if, if I'm going to get hype songs i'm gonna put on some good kid mad cd and i'm just gonna sit back and just enjoy the ride because that album is yeah. great Tip butterfly is great damn is great even um, section 80 i didn't even get into section 80 till last that, year i remember listening to it and when i would drive you home from the podcast it's, it's actually it's it's funny because my dad actually um like the first time they ever played me for kendrick lamar was um adhd and I was like, who is this guy? And it's Kendrick Lamar. And you know, this album from 2000, 2010, 2011. Yeah. And, um, you know, I was just like, wow, this guy's really good. Um, Do you especially... ever, um, like, you know, sometimes when you plug, like, your phone, like, into an aux cord, it'll automatically play, like, the top song on your, like, alphabetical order list? Really? Has that ever happened to you? No. It's happened to me plenty. All that to say, like, sometimes I'll plug my phone into, like, my mom's car if i'm like playing music mm-hmm. and it'll play adhd off the bat <laughs> it's like, oh. that's fine um, but no i'm more of a God, i don't know why i'm blanking um hold up i like hold up fuck mm. your ethnicity those are kind of my go-tos on section eight <laughs> but anyway that's not that's not the point we're talking about the pimp a butterfly here and um i just feel like it's easier to write about it. it's more meaningful but i'm having some issues because a lot of it is difficult to navigate, especially as a white person, you know? It's like, I'm writing about these issues. I think I just need to, like, make it known throughout the paper that it's like, this isn't my opinion. This isn't my, like, like, I'm anal- I'm purely analyzing. Like, the way I can swing it, it's like, Kendrick Lamar is considered poetry in the IV world. Like, he is on the list of great writers along, you know, F. Scott Fitzgerald, J.K. Rowling, and Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> and, like... If it's poetry, like I'm, it's purely analysis, you know. Like I'm analyzing what he is saying. This is not how I feel about things. This is not my perspective. So I think if I stay objective like that, I'll be good to go. Right. Um, and obviously, you know, with with songs on um, "Tip of a Butterfly," like I think "All Right," which um, you know, that just that iconic uh, first four beat. Um, intro. It was actually named the best song of the of the 2010s by Rolling Stone out of 500 songs that they selected. Oh wow! Um, you know, quick little trivia of that because it is, you know, it is the overall kind of, you know, just high uh, uh, social awareness and justice um, song that just you know, and it's it's a beautifully crafted song. Um, oh, that's actually insane! Right. Um, you know, personally, like, you know, Kinkunta, All Right, um, you know, You, um, and, and, you know, they're just, they're just all really great songs and addressing a lot of different topics and stuff. Um, 
but uh, let's hear let's hear like what songs you're going to be deeply analyzing here. Well, um, I still I need to do more research because I'm realizing as I look back at this album, like I don't know as much of it as I thought I did. Like I know really well the songs that I listen to a lot, but I only listen to like six or seven of them a lot, like on the heavy rotation. Um, the ones I want to focus on, the one that stuck out to me was the Black or the Berry, which goes back to what I was saying about the tricky perspective because it talks a lot about black on black crime and again as a white person like sort of hard to navigate um but i i think that's a good meaningful one um i want to talk about all right like you said king kunta and um like a lot of the ones that sort of like celebrate and like recognize some of the influence um and yeah i think you is good it talks about struggle and like I can't really talk about this in the essay because I'm not analyzing like the melodies and like sounds. It's purely the lyrics, but like his voice in you is like very, like as someone like when I, like that's not a song you play for people. It's right. like very passionate. It's very animated, and like you can hear like the pain in his voice, which is like cool. Right. Um, personally, uh, the song that's always kind of stuck with me as just purely story wise, lyrically wise, and message wise has been um, how much a dollar costs for Kendrick, you know. Um, you know, we have these characters, Lucy, which is Lucifer, and Uncle Sam, um, of course. Um, Kendrick comes upon this homeless guy, and he's asking for just one dollar, and Kendrick is not really giving him this dollar. It turns out that the homeless man is God, and the fact that he did not give God a dollar because of his selfishness cost him his, his spot in heaven. And, um, you know, it, it just speaks volume, like, you know, on these issues in America, um, you know, within the black community, within just um, racial injustice overall, you know, uh, Kendra kind of gave people, um, you know, of any color, of any background, basically just, you know, this, this overview of kind of like what people go through. And it's, and it's awesome that he's recognized as this poet that um you know on an international level because international baccalaureate it is that yeah. it's, it's so across the I totally agree it's sick um, um so definitely excited to do that and i think the last little thing which i didn't even realize until i did a little research but mortal man like the closer the mm-hmm. finale is like it's like a time travel interview type thing with tupac right, I didn't know. right. and when, when i first heard that it was i was like this is just so like this is just so weird and different, but like I, I'm just drawn to it, and it's awesome. Um, and and I didn't really think I caught it at first. I had to like I've I've re-listened to this album multiple times, and just every time I get to that song, I just strap in and just like sit back because it's it is a long song. It's twelve minutes, mm-hmm. um, but it's it's cool to just kind of see how we kind of orchestrated that and just what the content is. It's really cool. Yeah, well, I appreciate your your musical insight is always appreciated, Mr. Benjamin. Thank Actually, you. Uh, I've been listening to Sacrifice by the weekend on repeat this week. Right. Um, yes. I which I also love that album, Don FM. It's great. Got me grooving. Got me I need to listen. I still haven't listened to that album all the way through. Only a few songs. You, you need to. I will. Uh, it's on the bucket list for sure. Yes, 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 yes. Um, but yeah, I think that about does it. We love our sports, we love our music. Um, we'll hit them with the go TikTok, go Rangers, go horns this weekend. I think we West Virginia maybe, I think this weekend. I don't even know. Um, shout out my moms. Shout um, out moms. Shout out Mama yes. Solis. Yes. Um, shout out loyalty. 
Xavier Worthy, Bijan getting that money. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's good for me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you guys uh, thank you for all the listeners listening all the way to the end. Hopefully you enjoyed our sports discussion and our very passionate Kendrick Lamar segment. Um, if you're listening on Spotify, make sure you give us a like and download. If you're listening on Apple Podcast, make sure to give us a five-star rating. Almost forgot that for a second. Yeah. With all that being said, uh, we gave out our things, and we will see y'all on Monday.